coming to get you, Barbara. I don't know what you come to do, but I come to praise me. Because you'll never be anything but a common frump whose father lived over a grocery store and whose mother took in washing. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Hushaya. It's your boy. I'm your host, Ricky Carmona. And joining me in the studio, I have... She's the host of the Switchblade Sisters podcast right here on Maximum Fun. It's sometimes it snows in April. April Wolf. April, what is good with you on this fine day? Um. Okay, so yesterday my mom and my aunt came into town just for like a day. And of course we started drinking at noon. So Midwest. I'm feeling, yeah. <laughs> the first thing we did was just like, where's the happy hour? And I was like, okay. Uh, <laughs> like they didn't even think about food. It was like, where is the happy hour? Mm. And food is into, incidental. So yeah, that was the Midwest came to town. And um yeah, that's why I'm a little bit worse for the wear. I might be a little bit slow on this episode because <laughs> they had me drinking until like 10, uh, like noon to 10. Yeah, it's about right. That's a solid hour. Uh, yeah, but one of the things that I thought was hilarious was like one of the first things that we got when once we got drunk, um, <laughs> all of a sudden they started talking about Hallmark Christmas movies. <laughs> and, and you know, we're, we're a little bit tipsy. It's like in the afternoon, early afternoon. And... Um, my mother and my aunt started arguing about this one particular actress and I said, I bet I can text my friend right now to figure out who this is and Alonzo texted back within like 30 seconds. It was just like <laughs> is it Alicia Wh- Witt? Is it? And I was like yeah. they showed a picture and they're like, yeah, that's her! And my mom and my aunt were fighting about whether or not she was like a, a plucky a good-natured heroine or like a, a character who's just like too insecure to to pull off being like a, a strong lead or something. <laughs> and and Alonzo was so helpful, but also it just continued the fire. <laughs> and they were talking, like my aunt at the end yelled as a, as a waiter is coming up, she's just like, make sure you tell your friend that Michigan hates her. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh, wow. All right, I'll tell Alonzo that Michigan in a general statehood dislikes this uh, character, this, this actor who's in a lot of Hallmark movies. Great. <laughs> So that's my. That's what's up. That's what's up. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Well, 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 sir. (laughs) You who who save, but then also bring about the the Michigan anger (laughs) in holiday movies. He's the film reviews editor at The Rap, El Mero Mero de Navidad. If you throw up that Christmas text signal in the sky, he will respond. (laughs) Mr. Alonzo Duralde. Alonzo, what's good, bro? Well, first of all, what's good is Alicia Witt. So <laughs> Michigan can just step back. She's my favorite of the Hallmark ladies. She is plucky and spunky. Um, and, you know, she has an edge. She was in Twin Peaks season three. Come on. Okay. Uh, right. Wasn't anyway. she in a bunch of David Lynch stuff? She, she was in Dune, like yeah. as a little girl. She, she really went was, back. She's the one who says, like, the, the, the you know, the... He is the Kwisatz Haderach or whatever, you know. Mm. Uh, what's good with me is popsicles because I don't have air conditioning. <laughs> and you don't you, have AC? I do not have AC. I, I think this is the year that Dave White finally breaks down and gets us a window unit because, like, it, when we moved into that apartment 19 years ago, it was like, oh, it's a couple weeks in summer and we'll endure it. It's fine. But you know what? Uh, climate change is real. And, <laughs> and it's gotten more and more unbearable. And so, yeah, w- until that magic day that I have a cool bedroom. Room, popsicles. Okay. Popsicles are, you know, like nature's way of, of bringing it down and, and, and making things just a little less stuffy and unbearable. If I may ask, what is your favorite popsicle flavor? Sabor. Oh, 
Golly, you know, I mean, uh, I won't say no to a grape, um, sure. but there's not a lot that I turn down. Like, Dave has this whole anti-orange thing that I don't understand. Oh, really? Because he likes him some orange soda. Okay, yeah. You know, but for some reason, orange popsicle, that's just beyond the pale. Uh, I, I'm down orange to just does about, taste weird. You know, as long as it's not no 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 cream, none of that, no, no, oh, like, I'm not down for that, mm-hmm. and no sugar-free, because please, come oh, on. Oh, come on, that's crazy. Um, but beyond that, I'm, I'm good. I, you know, I, I even like a... Uh, like a coconut fruit bar. Damn. Those are, those are rich. Now you're talking my language. You're yeah. talking my language now, baby. Yeah. That's what's up. The whole paleta thing. Sí, you know, exactly. Let's do it. Paleta de leche. Mm-hmm. Uno, uno de coco. Tamarindo. Limón. <laughs> Look out. They're, they're so great. They're so great. Oh, and we have a special guest in the building. You might know him from Adult Swim's NTSF colon SD colon SUV. Or you may have seen him in Judd Apatow's Funny People. He's also the voice of Mr. Goldenfold on Rick and Morty. What? You, you, oh, you heard me, and then you just heard him right there. <laughs> Brendan, Brendan, number nine on that New York transit line. It's Brendan Johnson, ladies and gentlemen. What's up? So happy to be here. I got to <laughs> remind y'all I got these bootleg Jessica Chastain movies. We got a lady that looks just yes. like her. I'm selling them. I'm going to get you those details after this podcast. If you like Jessica Chastain, I got this lady that looks and acts just like Jessica Chastain. Her movies are not getting the credit that they should. I've also got those back up um, Mira Sorvino movies. Oh, I got a yes. young lady yes. they're calling her the Asian Mira Sorvino. She's twice as talented. She's twice as talented. I got those movies, man. You know, so this podcast, I use this podcast as an opportunity to really, you know, reach out to people and let them know. If you like Amistad, you know, do I got, I? I do got we? I got this Amistad. It starts in Puerto Rico. Okay. They get over here. They come to Brooklyn. It's very similar to that theme. Give us free. It's the same thing, mm. you know? So mm-hmm. I'm just happy to be here. Yeah. Oh, it's good to have you. I bought three of these movies myself already. and I, I, I told you. Can't, look, can't wait to see them. I told you. First it was mixtapes. Now I'm on that Hollywood. <laughs> the evolution. Yeah. The evolution. He was like, you, you got to pay for content. I was like, pay for content? <laughs> My dude, I got people who want to work out there. <laughs> we, don't, we don't need originals, man. We out here, man. We out here. If you like 50 Cent the Rapper, mm. you got to listen to this kid I got sings the same songs. Mm. The music is similar. Mm. It's just done on a different type of machine. Mm-hmm. But it's just as good as 50 Cent. We out here, man. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. I love their version of Candy Shop. That's right. It's, it's just called Candy Store? I That's think right. Candy it's... Store. Candy Store. Sort of like the Candy, candy Shop. <laughs> Not to be confused with the Magic <laughs> Stick. Yep. Yep. Oh, man. I was I, I bumping on the regular. It's yes, my, it's my ringtone now. It's yes. my ringtone. You, you got it. You hit me up. I love a lawyer-approved sound-alike. <laughs> and, and also, thank you. This has all been cleared. This, yeah, none of this yeah, is illegal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, hope, I, I really hope they can find my warehouse. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. Good luck on that. Come good on, man. On Come you on, like. man. I'm beat the feds like when I was a child. <laughs> I don't know why I just went into Mike Epps. I love it. I love it. I love it. Do it. Just to keep that for the whole show, son. The whole show. I hope we start at Mike Epps and just go up from there. Just, thank just, you so just, much. Yeah. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks thank for you coming, so much man. for having thank me. You, thank you for being here, dude. Got I'm very it. excited when I find yeah. out you're going to be on the show. Hell yes. And, and as always, looking like a goddamn rock star, son. You know the I deal. Mean, come on, man. I call this look Jamaican candy. 
Um, you can see I got that early lime starburst pants on, yes. but I'm also rocking. Yes. I'm rocking this new light blue, which oh. is like could be any flavor. Could it be blues and berry? It mean, could be. It could be. Right. It could be. Straight tropical. I was like, yes. I woke up this morning. I was like, I miss Miami Vice. <laughs> I look at you and I'm like, I could eat some jerk chicken right so, now. You right? I right. could do that. I kind of look like an informant on Miami Vice right now, which is fine. That's all right. Because uh, I did it to myself, which is crazy because I'm a comedian. I fucked myself up. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it's great to have you here, bro. That's what's Thanks up. So much. That's what's up. I, uh... Ricky, what's good? Oh, thank oh. you for asking, I didn't, I didn't know if we actually did ask him if it was good. <laughs> You I sure figured we just ran right past <laughs> what's good and into the bit. So. <laughs> well, thank you for asking me, Alonzo, because, Alonzo, I thought you and I, I thought we were good, bro. I thought, like, you know, we getting to know each other and we're friends and shit. And then, I mean, even just recently, I feel like I was just yelling about one of the least liked Die Hard movies in the Die Hard series, Die Hard 3, mm-hmm. right? I was just yelling about that. Yes. And now I go on Instagram the other day, and I see Alonzo at Nakatomi Tower. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was just like, hey, it's me. Yeah, <laughs> it's and I was like, one. oh, that's cool. And then I find out that there's a screening of Die Hard at Nakatomi Tower. Yeah. And I was disappointed in myself for not knowing about that. Yeah. Because it's the 30th anniversary. So that's on me. That's on me. But then I find out that Alonzo... Is hosting is the host of this screening and Bonnie Bedelia what? is there? Miss McCrane? Reginald Bill Johnson is I there? Guess, I guess family don't matter. Thank you. <laughs> Thank oh, you. Oh, oh, you. Thanks nice. God. Nice. <laughs> wow. I mean, how am I hearing about this all after the fact? Alonzo, I can't get an email that's just like, yo, Ricky, sometimes you don't shut the fuck up about Die Hard. You might be interested in this. They didn't really offer me a plus one. I'll pay the money, bro. I get paid. I have a couple of pennies No, no, no. It wasn't even even open to the public. I don't know where they they recruited the audience. It was like fans of the Facebook page or whatever. Mm. But it was like... Like, like, I couldn't even promote that it was happening because it was an invite-only closed Yeah, I feel thing. bad. I actually got a plus one for it. But I, but I, I did, but I was going out of town, and so I couldn't go. <laughs> so you so, had a plus two. Oh, the betrayal. <laughs> but I would, oh. have, I would have to be there for you to go. So well, I, hey, I almost tried uh, to figure hey, out how to get you to go. But. It, it, and, and over the course of my getting involved in it, it, it went from like, oh, you're going to interview them beforehand to, oh, you're going to interview them backstage beforehand, too, and now you're just going to introduce them. And then it became like, you're going to do a quick introduction because we're running late. Like, so it was, you know, it, I, you did not miss the, 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 what was, I mean, they were lovely. The cool part was the location, though. Yes. Because it was on the roof of the parking garage for Fox Plaza. So the building is just looming behind the screen. And I didn't notice how many times that building is in the movie. But, boy, you notice when it's right there. <laughs> oh, but overall, it was was it? It, was mean, a, it, it, was it, it looked amazing. It Everything a, I saw, I was like, God! It was, yes! a, it was a very cool experience. Nice. Hell yeah. Next- Hell yeah! 40th anniversary. We're there, I promise. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And, and I mean, Alonzo, we are still good. We're okay. still family. 
We're st- it we, matters. We've still got, we've still got Mamma Mia. <laughs> Damn. Oh, man. You guys I will mean, always have Mamma Mia together. Oof. Brandon, you were here last week, yo. We had to talk about Mamma Mia, too. And I was ready to come in like guns blazing, but lo and behold, El Metal Metal right here was like, I'm going to tell you how I feel about Mamma Mia, too. And, like, <laughs> fires started happening. I haven't even listened to the episode. I'm a little afraid. To. I know. I haven't it, listened that, to that one, either. That picture you took, April, was great. Like, like Alonzo just I mean he was like I was pontificating arms oh. up <laughs> it was just lovely. like maybe a little sheen building up on his, on his forehead or just like what's happening what's gonna happen how, how far is this gonna go when I got an email from Ingu telling me that I had done a good job I was like oh no oh no no what have there I become go. nah there you go that's that's I'm, 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 that's perfect that's, that's that's a stamp of approval that we're looking for everyone gets to be Ingu at least once on this show mine was like Isle of the Dogs I think was my <laughs> <laughs> the other super duper dope guest that we got in the building, you're gonna hear him barking. You're gonna hear a couple uh like his leashes bouncing. Chuck is back, yo! Chuck, how you doing? Chuck's passed out. There you what? are, my boy! Oh well today we are talking about the new Tom Cruise joint Mission Impossible Fallout. We're gonna be talking about our favorite Tom Cruise movies, and as always we will have our staff picks. But first it's time for a news roundup game called It a Dick, short for Is This Important to Our Care? Here's how it works. We're all going to read a news headline, and any one of us is going to jump in with our take by answering these two questions. Is this important, and do I care? I'm going to start this one off because I am I am a fan of MoviePass. <gasps> I, I, I immediately thought about you Thank when you. all this was going down. I mean, I'm going to be real right now. Uh, I can afford MoviePass and not health insurance. That's all you need to know about Damn. me. Damn. I know. I mean, dude, the Damn. struggle is real, son. The Damn. struggle is real. It's not true. You could have signed up, and you know it. <laughs> I, I, did, I, did. I always look at the, I always see the deadline. <laughs> the day before, like, oh, I'll do it in a little bit. And then... Mm, Get this ambulance happen. to take me to that movie, is what you're going to say. This motherfucker, I can't, I can't afford health insurance. I can't afford free health insurance. 911, the Teen Titans opened. <laughs> oh, movie Pass is having a tough week, yo. While fans are trying to buy tickets to see Mission Impossible Fallout with the movie theater subscription service, movie Pass had a temporary outage and stopped working. As a result, the company had to borrow $5 million in order to maintain service. Can you imagine having asked for $5 million real quick? Can I borrow $5 million? Like right now? Like right, and also, we need it right now. Uh, that's what happened with MoviePass. They announced a raise in subscription price from $10 a month to $14.95 a month. I just heard about that. That's new news Ooh. to me. And subscribers will no longer be able to watch first-run movies that debut on a thousand screens or more during the first two weeks of release, meaning no big blockbusters. That's why I had to pay money to go see Mission Impossible, which I don't have a problem with. It's fine. I didn't get upset about that. That was fine. These tactics are meant to help the service with their money wills and to prevent abuse of the service. Is this important? Do you all care? Well, not as much as you do, obviously. That's <laughs> I mean, I'm broke. I'm broke. I never, I never had it because I, you know, I'm, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a film Actually, critic. I see crap for free. Um, I wonder how sustainable this thing ever was. And what I think is interesting is. There's that, you know, like a new upstart airline will show up and do certain routes. And so then the established airlines will lower their fares to crush it and then go back to business as usual once they've gotten rid of the new guy. I think what what's happening here with MoviePass is that even if MoviePass was never going to be sustainable, it's at least made AMC and a bunch of other chains create their own sort of like monthly subscription. Hey, come see as many movies as you want mm-hmm. thing in response. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Why why does something 
like Movie Pass fail. And I remember the first time I heard about Netflix, I was like, you, "You're you're gonna mail me a movie and then expect me to mail you that movie back? You're crazy! You're asking me to steal from you." And now Netflix is what it is. Like, why does Movie Pass? Why didn't it work for MoviePass? They didn't broker a deal. So usually when somebody comes up with a holding company that's like, we can get you more, say, glasses for a better price. They've already talked to the glass manufacturers and said, cut us a deal on glasses so that we can sell more glasses. So this idea, say, like a Ralph Lauren says, I'm going to make a product for department stores that will sell for less than my clothing will. They've already talked to the department stores and said, what are you guys trying to sell? And they're like, we're trying to sell bathing suits. So Ralph Lauren puts out a bunch of really cheap bathing suits. And then in his own stores, he only sells suits. And he can make a ton of money off a suit. He's making a little bit of money off his bathing suits. But he's already had those relationships. Helios and Matheson, I think is the full name of that company. I think so. They did not, as far as I know, they didn't really talk to the people who make movies about how they were going to do this. They didn't. And in mm. fact, so can I tell you guys why I didn't do Movie Pass? Because about a little over two years ago, before I started working for LA Weekly, I worked at a mattress factory uh, doing copywriting because, <laughs> uh, you know, you pay, you got to get paid. Got to pay. All Absolutely. right. So, yeah. So, I'm working at this mattress company, and um, a new guy starts, and he's in the, the tech, you know, tech design, that, that part of it. And he was like, Oh, you, you are a film critic sometimes. And I'm like, Yeah. And he's like, So, my company, Movie Pass, we, um, we've got this thing, and, and uh, you know, you can just like show a car, and for like $10 a month, then you can just go and see all the movies that you want. And he's like, But for you, we'll just give it to you for free. And then I asked him more. I was just like, okay, you're working at this mattress company <laughs> with me, and you are one of the founders of this company. Like, what is going on? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, right. and I asked him, and he, like, he didn't really have a lot of great answers. He's like, well, you know, it'll work itself out. You know, all the people, you know, will, will Evaluation. pay more. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, com all over again. <laughs> I was like, I don't understand what you're doing, but, like, we can still talk about the Coronado mattress for the rest of the day. <laughs> but uh, it, it just, you know, I was... I, was assuming that people were going to get fleeced somehow, and I was like, I just don't want to give any account information to these people. <laughs> I don't trust them, like, with security, for instance, because I'm like, that's the guy? <laughs> sure, yeah. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. All right. I, $21 I, I a that. share down to $0.21 cents a share, and then last week they did a one for 250 stock split, which is never, ever a good thing. I don't care if that's mustard packets. And you're holding a hot dog. You're like, that's too much for what the fuck that is. <laughs> Whatever you got going on, 250 more of these. Okay. okay. All right. All I got right. you. All right. I got you. Oh, if only I had a truck for this bo- bonanza of value. <laughs> uh, who wants to take this next one? Uh, oh, me. All right. All right. Paul Schrader's films are tough and serious, from his screenplays for Taxi Driver and Raging Bull to his latest film, First Reformed. But movies aren't his only passion. Back in June, in an interview with Polygon, Schrader shared his love for Taylor Swift and (laughs) described her as the essence of the life force. One would assume he was kidding, but this past week he posted a selfie of himself enjoying a Taylor Swift concert on one of the stops for her Reputation Stadium tour. The photo went viral, to which Paul Schrader responded, Let there be no doubt, she is the light that gives meaning to each of all our lives, the godhead who makes existence possible, and without whom we would wander forever in bleak, unimaginable darkness. Is this important? Do you care? I love Paul Schrader. I think I've said the words Taylor Swift out loud in my life ten times? That's probably about it. 
Paul Schrader is a straight guy, but like he talks about like when before he wrote American Gigolo that he would go out to like the gay discos in L.A. Like he would go to Probe and uh, and Studio One and stuff. And this is the gayest thing since that. (laughs) (laughs) I I, got to say. Go ahead. No, no. I was going to say it was terrible to assume that based on it, I from the pictures that I saw and not knowing anything about Paul Schrader's personal life, I was like, is this how I learned that Paul Schrader might be gay? I, no, I mean, I'm not, he's not. I'm he's just not, saying, yeah, I mean, but, but I'm just saying culturally, this is the gayest oh, thing imaginable. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta say, I'm not a Taylor Swift fan, but I'm kind of a Taylor Swift fan. Damn. Here's, here's why. Like, it's a safe space. She does bust her butt. You gotta admit she works hard. Yeah, it's, it, and she 100%. does, she plays an instrument. We know we want to, she does. She, she does. plays guitar beautifully. And I've seen her hold the guitar, and I've seen her in no. a concert where she like strums. No, it. no, no, she plays it. That's okay. she's she's okay. A, like a trained musician, a very rich one, somebody who's <laughs> who, who who did get a lot of stuff handed to her. But she still does really, really bust her hump. Like that part, I can't be mad at you for. Like some people want to make micro brews, some people really want to make Bud Light, and like I have respect for both of those people because each one of those jobs is really hard to do. I think if you're a grown ass man. You might want to have some heroes that you gush on that are your age. <laughs> because I'm sure that there are some 40-plus women that could use a bump. I'm Taylor, Taylor Swift is doing all right. You know what I mean? But yeah. I love, I'm always going to stand behind anything that makes little girls happy. What if, he would have, what if it would have been a picture of him at the Shaka Khan, at a Shaka Khan concert? I'd have been like, bro, you, you, hey, bro bring your, you can bring your potato salad. Oh. You can bring your potato salad to the cookout, sir. No one will touch that salmonella shit. Yeah. But please enjoy. You have a you you can come. Yep. I a, make really good potato salad. And I <laughs> resent this before. He I is. resent this whole <laughs> meme. That's how I know it's no good. That's how I know it's no good. It is racist. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like the quote that Schrader said that um Taylor Swift uh show he called it quote show business machine operating at a maximum efficiency. Yeah. Which I think we can probably all agree that when you see some hell I saw a fucking carrot top in Las Vegas and it was like a well-oiled machine yeah. and I was mm-hmm. just like bravo yeah. motherfucker yes. you did a great fucking job I don't care who it is if they're like if they're putting on a show that makes right. you like nobody stick ever with it. nobody yeah. ever said this about Patty Smith yeah that's true <laughs> a well-oiled machine <laughs> Oh, a boycott of Paramount Pictures has been called for by two influential watchdog groups that follow Latino and Hispanic representation in films. The National Latino Media Council and the National Hispanic Media Coalition met this week to discuss actions against the movie studio. This is as a result of the findings of UCLA's latest Hollywood diversity report that was released back in February. The NHMC found that based on this report... Paramount Pictures, which has released uh, the movie that we'll be talking about today, Mission Impossible, has had the worst numbers among studios when it comes to hiring Latino actors, writers, and directors. Of their top 20 grossing films between 2016 and 2017, Paramount Pictures released zero films featuring either a Hispanic writer or a Hispanic actor in a lead role, Paramount Pictures. ¿Qué coño está pasando allá? No joda. Is this important? Do you all care? 
I'm salty right now. Well, it's not called Mission Impossible. <laughs> Mission Impossible. <laughs> but I think that I think that he's got like a bootleg of that. That but actually is like an oh, all yeah. Latino cast. Let me tell you something right that. now. I got Mission Improbable. <laughs> it's got some of the hottest improv stars <laughs> in the country. <laughs> These are names you've never heard never. of. I've got teams that you've never heard of. Uh, 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 Dirty Rotten Bastards. Is, uh, <laughs> they perform Monday nights. They're in the movie. A uh, slightly fixed lizard is in the movie. They are a, a broken lizard cover team. They do most of broken lizards old sketches. Mission Improbable is it's gonna hit you. There's three different Keegan Michael Keys in it. <laughs> See, I mean, this could change the Latino like film Absolutely. landscape if we just get Mission Improbable in there. I, 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 my only question is why just Paramount? I mean, surely they can't be the only ones at fault here because. I mean, I think in general what the the major studios have been slacking in this department. And, I mean, I guess we'd have to go back to 2015 or whenever it was. But, I mean, at at least the most recent uh, paranormal activity, or if not the last two of them from Paramount, was like chock-a-block with Latino characters. Not that that gets them off the hook of anything, but I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm just just surprised they they could narrow it down to one, frankly. You charging me 22 bucks a movie. You you making me pay a lot of money because you're too stupid to make movies for the two largest market shares out there, mm-hmm. which is Asian and Latino. So you guys want to keep making these movies for only English speaking, for only white leads, when in reality that doesn't represent the world and it doesn't represent the money. And if you made mo- if you just wanted to make money, you would make movies that made sense for the whole planet. But they want to mess around and keep the shit privatized while they, they make the end user have to pick up all it. HBO should be free. That shit should be free. They could make money a ton of different ways. And one of the ways is by opening up the game. Yep. Yeah. My people spend so much money at the movies. All, I mean, you said it. We are, one of the, we are one of the top groups that spend money at the theaters. Like, this is the, this is the, if this is what it takes... You are racist when you turn in, when you are so racist that you're actually turning down good money. That's right? crazy. Yeah, that's. Insane. I think I think it's because like they think that like they don't even think they're like oh well they're going to go and see the movies anyway. Yeah, you know because that like the, hater. Yeah, they're not looking at the foreseeable future, and that's you know they're not necessarily forward thinking the studios. <laughs> so they're like oh well it's worked all this time like all these Latinos yeah. are still seeing white movies so you know whatever yeah. we don't care whatever whatever and that's it's just it's going to end you know and, you and can't gamble. We're at least starting to see Asian leads in movies that are principally Asian backed. Mm-hmm. You know so like there's a lot of Chinese money in the Meg so there's Li Bing Bing you know there's a lot of Chinese money in that last Pacific Rim movie and so you know. There's the some, wall. You know, some, oh, yes. <laughs> Zhang Yimou's The Wall. Everybody but Matt Damon is Asian. Um, but yeah, but but we're not seeing that with other markets, and that's ridiculous because, yeah, the demographically, that audience is huge and only growing. Yep. Also, just, it's one of the few super integrated cultures where if you had broken down that barrier, you'd also be breaking down the white, black, and or other or mixed because we know that that community has many, many different shades, Brazilians, Cubans, Puerto Ricans. That's the spread. That's what we look like at our best. So if you started with that, if movies actually did what they were supposed to do, which is color film is supposed to represent the most beautiful colors that we have to offer, but you still front with this one color. That, that's what's crazy. I mean, it's like the medium itself tells you that you should have multiple shades of people on film. 
Which is why that's why I have a trailer. I don't live in a house. I say stupid shit like this. Networks won't work with me. But me and Faye, me and Faye, I hold it down for you, motherfuckers. Gracias, bro. That's what's up. So least I can do. I want good food and good music. Thank you, bro. That's what we provide, yo. That's what we provide. We're gonna take a break, y'all. When we come back, we'll be talking Mission Impossible Fallout. You're listening to Who Shot Ya. Everybody, I'm your oldest brother, Justin McElroy. I'm your middlest brother, Travis McElroy. And I'm your sweet baby brother, Griffin McElroy. Me and 3,000 of your closest friends just found your next podcast obsession. Zero. Okay, but like the second best podcast. Oh, f- just listen to my brother, my brother, and me on MaximumFun.org. There you go. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you. Hey, welcome back to Who Shot Ya? I'm your host, Ricky Carmona. Join me in the studio today are... April Wolf, Brandon Johnson. Alonzo Duralde. Today we are talking about Mission, colon, impossible, colon, fallout. I said it right. I said it right. Actually, it's Mission, colon, impossible, dash, fallout. And, and dash. And dash. It's not an M dash, or it's, a, it's an N dash. An N dash. Is, yeah. is there an umlaut in there? <laughs> is there a, I was there like an umlaut over the, the U. Fallout. <laughs> Alonzo, can you give oh, us... Yeah, oh, you know what I'm going to ask, but you're so good at it. Can he you, is really good at it. I wander a lot. <laughs> they don't want me to do it. <laughs> can you give us a brief synopsis of said film. Uh, okay, so the guy that they capture at the end of Mission Impossible Rogue Nation mm-hmm. uh, has a team of other stealth bad people and they have stolen plutonium. And uh, Ethan Hunt and his team almost get the plutonium back, but they lose it because why save the lives of billions of people when you can save Ving Rhames? <laughs> And so then they have to go find the plutonium. And Angela Bassett is really not happy about them losing the plutonium. And she runs the CIA. And she insists that they take Henry Cavill and his mustache with them on this mission. Uh, which they do. And then they go places and Rebecca Ferguson shows up again. And they got to get that plutonium. And then they uh, get the plutonium. Hell yeah! That's what's up. Oh, I mean, yeah, you're doing the credit sequence now. This is great. And these are all tracks you can get on that Mission Improbable We got that Mission Improbable. I mean, Only beatbox. Only do. Only. The Biological Brothers did the whole story. My man. Oh. oh, this is good. Now, when we watch this, were we all worried Tom Cruise is going to die? Who the fuck is it? <laughs> yeah, obviously. Obviously, he's going to die doing... I almost want to write him a letter and be like, you've given us enough. And, right? <laughs> it's yes. okay if you need to walk away from these. But, it's fine. Like, you know I don't what? want you to die. Does Tom Cruise want to go in a hospital bed? No. 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 Tom no. Cruise wants to go hanging from one hand off of the world's tallest building in Kuala Lumpur <laughs> with no net. Yeah, exactly. Like exactly. The one thing that helps it has brought 
brain stopped thinking about life. <laughs> like all that shit that I've got back there. At least I've got this cliff. <laughs> I just have a simple thing climbing up this cliff and I can do that. I can't I mean I I felt like I was like Vin Rames like I would see a stun happen and I would just want to yell like Tom, my man. Yeah. What are you doing right He's now? He's amazing. He's right? real. He's real. He, it he really is real. It's like this He's he's figured out like this like evolution of like what he like what he needs to do next in his career to to get people to come like watch his movies. Uh, I mean, it's very like it's 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 like it's like Keanu figuring out John Wick. Like, oh yeah. man, if I do these movies mm. and and people see that Liam it is me, taken, Liam yeah. Neeson and Taken, and it's, it, maybe it's like. In in the older like being at an older age as well like I mean we grew up with Tom Cruise yeah. we you know he's our boy yeah but to like young kids today he's just the motherfucker yeah. who jumped on the couch earlier this year I saw back to back the trailers for remember the Johnny Knoxville movie this summer that nobody saw Action Point yeah oh yeah and and Mission Impossible Fallout and I was like oh, Tom Cruise has become Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> <laughs> He is, as Ingu Kang points out, stunt queen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very stunt literally. Queen. Wait, does that mean Johnny Knoxville is now Tom Cruise? Uh, maybe there's oh. maybe there's a whole weird cyclical thing they've got going on. But yeah, it just it, it was. It's like how when you see like the really great Jackie Chan movies before he got too old for that kind of thing. But you know, like the outtakes where you can tell that not only is he doing the stunts, he's sometimes not succeeding at the stunt and yeah. like injuring the shit out of himself. And I mean, like Tom Cruise does have a t- stunt team. He's doing. A lot of things, but not everything. But that mm-hmm. a lot is a lot, yeah. especially compared to like most American movie stars. I, I I even appreciated, like I believe that was him. There's a great sequence where he's like riding in this movie. He's like riding a motorcycle through the streets of the streets Paris. of Paris, yeah. and it's it's a scene that goes on for a minute. And I don't think he's riding the motorcycle in all of those scenes. Right. But whoever did the CGI in that, yeah, like the wind that the CGI wind that is blowing his hair back, so you can see that it's Tom Cruise, or it looks as much as Tom Cruise as possible, was amazing. And that sound design where he's like going through those sort of like yes. outdoor markets, <laughs> yeah. yes, yeah. that yeah. was whoa, that was amazing. C- can we give a shout out just in general to like the sound design in this movie? Oh, yeah. yes. Like the, the, the helicopter sequence was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, that sequence in particular, I did kind of like, oh man, they are really like working to get me to catch everything. That was so dope. That was so dope. Yeah, it's, you know, he's, again, uh, Taylor Swifty in that respect of like, <laughs> the well machine. Yeah, <laughs> this dude does not disappoint. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, people who don't really get into Tom Cruise. They don't understand that there's there's a bunch of bad Nick Cage movies. He's Nick Cage is decent. He's a good dude, great actor sometimes. But with Tom Cruise, you're like, I'm that that burger is always going to be good. Mm-hmm. Whenever we won something, we went and got that burger. <laughs> when we lost something, we went and got that burger, and that burger never let us down. And as soon as I saw him on screen, I was like, Ha ha! Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Look at this dude. Still look, Tom. Still look good. good. He still look good, man. Because he's mostly hair and movie star, mm-hmm. and his hair is always amazing. Yep. He just jumped out of the plane with James Corden. If you get a chance, that will make you almost break down because he had James Corden's back. Yeah. I got to meet Tom Cruise. What? The dude is real. He stood on a dance floor for two hours, letting people take pictures, shake hands. What? And I'm gonna tell you, Christina Aguilera 
came in the room. She had a security team. You could not get to her. Tom Cruise came in and he was accessible for hours. I went like like we all feel about his stunts. You wanted to walk up to him and be like, "Okay, man, you don't have to do this." <laughs> Do Don't this, you man. know you're Tom Cruise? <laughs> right. right. Um, I did I've, not even bother him because he had so many people around that were like, thank you, Tom. Thank you, Tom. And, he, and dude did it. And he didn't have to. It, it, when I think about these films, it, it, part of me thinks... I don't really care about the plot. Like, they keep trotting. I love Michelle Monaghan, mm-hmm. but I don't care about her character or how she interacts with Tom Cruise. But that's the same thing with the 007 movies. Like, there's not really a lot of connective tissue from movie to movie or character arcs you're supposed to care about. It's all about the moment and the thing and go to the place and get the thing and not get killed and do the crazy stunts and then they win and then we go home. Yeah. And, and that's fine. And that's Mission Impossible for all the decades of people trying to do the 007 formula, I think they've kind of gotten as close as anybody at sort of figuring out what does and doesn't work and what we do and don't want from them. I'm probably still Ghost Protocol is my favorite um, because I think this one and the previous one, which were both directed by Christopher McQuarrie, um, and I'm not the first person to say this, but it's that that Coco Chanel thing where she says, like, put on your jewelry for the evening and then before you leave, take one off. <laughs> Both of those movies need to take one off Mm. because I feel so beaten by the end of them. Like they're so thrilling and there's just so much stuff and not enough time to breathe. I just, I find them like, I mean, I admire them, but I feel pummeled by them. But like Ghost Protocol for me is a perfect, thrilling movie where I leave energized and not just like, oh my God, I get to it. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm like, Probably the exact opposite of Coco Chanel. I don't. I don't know anything about that quote. Like I'm thinking, like when I used to wear, like when I was goth and I wore a lot of jewelry, I would like look in the mirror and be like, "Nah, you need more." And, <laughs> well, that's but, a whole like, other thing. On. And yeah. then, and I feel that same way about movies too, where I'm just like, "Yes, you know, to like busy my mind, make, throw it all at me because like this is your chance. Like why waste? Why like why save anything for a new movie? You know, yeah. like give everything your shot while you can. Don't be timid. Like that's potentially just the way that my personality works. <laughs> uh, I find you exhausting. It's a good possibility. So, uh, you know, all up to that. But, uh, no. you know, I always say, like, put one more ring on. Like, one more ring <laughs> that you thought you needed. Like, one no. big fucking spider brooch ring, you know? Then ma'am, you should, you is... should start writing MI7. Yeah. Yeah. Ma'am, ma'am, this is your third visit to Pier Smart. <laughs> now, we need you, we're going to need you to commit because there are other people in line. <laughs> also, there's a metal detector. <laughs> I mean, the, every action set piece in this movie feels like it could be the one action set piece in another movie. And this one has like six of them. Like, like that, that, that fight that happens in the bathroom. Yeah. yeah. Which, yes. Which is, I mean, th- th- that there's, could be a climax of another movie. Exactly. Yeah. I, from the way that, from what I saw in the trailer and just like, being like a trailer detective sometimes, I was like, that's how the movie ends. Tom Cruise and Henry Cavill are going to have this amazing damn fight in the bathroom. No, that's like less than, yeah. that's like half an hour into the movie. It's yeah. the fucking beginning yeah. of it. They're like, we'll begin with this. Yeah. Also, they really sprinkle those BMWs in beautifully. Oh. Mm. Oh, they start yeah. out with that brand new one. It drives itself. That's incredible. And then you see him get into like an 83, 85 and you're like, what? They're going to use a clean vintage BMW for this car chase? <laughs> that's incredible. And then they jump on BMW bikes. Yes. I'm like, oh. these cats are not playing not with dude. the baller ass toys. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah you like, BMW bankrolled this yeah. shit. They're just like, oh, yeah. here you go. Right. Making it rain. Is the helicopter a BMW? <laughs> <laughs> no, but apparently Tom Cruise did learn how to fly one. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sounds like it. Tom Cruise to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can we can we please talk more about Henry Cavill's mustache though? Because that's really my takeaway from this whole thing. <laughs> I, I, how did you feel? Yeah, you you were a fan of Henry Cavill. Oh yeah. <laughs> Who was uh, of Sweden? Was that what it was? Was there was a little? Uh, what is that? Uh, that series? That art series? It's like oh, Dick of Sweden. But it's oh, Tom of Finland. No, mine is Dick of Sweden. Okay. Right, oh, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you got the full trunk, catalog. It's like a, it's but he had a little Tom of Finland going <laughs> a little on. Bit. Yeah, yeah, I hadn't made that connection, but you're right. <laughs> I mean, like, because we have seen, like, the hipster beard is dead, and now we have the hipster porn stash. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, he is rocking a stash that's not quite porn, and it's not quite dad, and it's not quite ironic, but it's working, whatever it is. He looks good. <laughs> yeah, yeah wear a mustache, so guys. <laughs> Do it. Wear a mustache. But uh, but yeah. his but also his physicality in that fight scene is just breathtaking to the point where later when we're supposed to believe there's even an outside chance that he could be physically overcome by Alec Baldwin, yes. I'm like, nope, <laughs> calling bullshit on this movie. Uh, but, like Dave had my favorite line about this. He said that when when Henry Cavill whips off his jacket and cocks his fist in the bathroom, yes. he says that is the most fluid motion right. I've seen in a movie since Donna Reed comes in at the end of It's a Wonderful Life and whips that scarf off the top of her. Head. <laughs> it's just poetry yeah. in motion. Yeah. I also noticed the one, two, three, yes. four. Yeah. Yeah. Like when a dude does that, you're about to get your ass kicked. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. In, in the trailer, they give it sound effects. And I believe that in, in, when yeah. I saw the trailer, I was like, those are his arms. His yeah. arms are making that they noise. Bring their own, they bring their own <laughs> whoosh with them. <laughs> and when it didn't happen in the movie, I was like, oh, I want to hear his arms. Where's oh, oh, no. my arm sound? Yeah, they're like, we gotta. We should maybe take that out for the movie. And they're like, what? Oh. <laughs> um, can, we, can we talk about how Angela Bassett does not get that many lines, but the way that she, uh, her delivery on certain lines are just, it's just magical. When yeah. she's like, that's the job. And you're like, yeah. oh fuck that! Yeah. Like that is a dumb line, and she just like it sings out of her fucking mouth. It's amazing. She yeah. says plutonium the way <laughs> that going back to Die Hard that Alan Rickman says detonators. Yeah. <laughs> I could just yeah. hear her say it for hours. The plutonium, the plutonium, the plutonium. If there's a cut of Mission Impossible yeah. Fallout that's all the entire movie as seen by Angela Bassett at her desk at the CIA, yeah. I would watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she's That's that one amazing. voice that you need that has to just sort of set the entire luncheon off with the soup is cold. <laughs> <laughs> and the champagne I'm is so, burned. I'm so sorry, Miss Bassett. Can we bring you something else? Can you? <laughs> Can you bring me something else? Because I don't think so. <laughs> soup is cold. She's and it's so no like she's so restrained, you know, like someone anyone else could be like uh you know, like be angrier or something like that. But she just there's so many different tones that she's playing off mm. and just the same thing where she's like she's calculating yeah. but like uh sharp and ugh. When she good. disses Cruz's whole team as Halloween. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yes. So good. Yeah. I love this movie so damn much. Yeah. It was it was so fun to watch. And I'm gonna go uh, see it again. Yeah, I, I would totally see this movie yeah. again. Did, did anybody else see it in IMAX? I did no, not. I'm gonna no, see did it you see it in IMAX? I, well, I saw it in IMAX. You know, the 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 those AMC theaters where they kind of half-ass it. Yeah. But I would like to see it in staggering IMAX because the those sequence there's a couple sequences that are shot with those cameras, and yeah, yeah, I can, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. The p- people cheered during that bathroom fight, and they cheered for the bad guy, yeah. for the Asian guy who was just kicking everybody's Ooh. ass. Mm. And that's when I was like, "Oh man, this shit is gonna be fun." Uh, so I, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump ahead, all y'all. I say screen this movie. But what do you all think? Should people uh, stream it, screen it, or skip it? I'm going to make a quick correction. Uh, I don't think it was shot in IMAX. It was shot in an 8K, but it's still um, still fucking huge. Good for the IMAX screen. Um, I didn't know there was an 8K now. Yeah. yeah you never Jesus. heard the famous phrase, uh, today was a good day? <laughs> I can't believe I even had to use my no, 8K. No. Just... <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, I stand on it. I stand on it for all yeah. those dads out there who might be listening with their kids in the car. You ain't alone. We're making, we making dad jokes up in this motherfucker. Oh, my God. Oh. His, his pocket square says dad jokes. <laughs> we didn't even talk about the pocket square, bro. Come on. Uh, so, I mean, I say screen it. See it on a big screen with great sound because this is amazing. It's so good. Yeah, I, I don't. I, 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 I'm, I'm a little more reserved than some folks just because I, you know, I've been taking a lot of shit for this because. I, at the end of the day, I had more fun watching Skyscraper. <laughs> wow. <laughs> because at least, because again, I felt like energized by that movie and I knew it was ridiculous. And I know that in, in every empirical measure possible, Mission Impossible Fallout is a far better film. Like, I'm not kidding myself in any way. But in terms of like, did I enjoy myself more at that? I did, just because I felt pummeled by the end of Fallout because mm. I think Macquarie just, unlike April, I think you I think too much is sometimes too much. So, I'm sorry, I just blacked out. Did he say screen it, skip it, or... But screen it, <laughs> screen it, screen it, Damn. screen it large, and then go to Jenny's and get some more pinky rings. Like uh, <laughs> all pinkies. Uh, all pinky rings, right? You shouldn't even be able to bend that pinky exactly. anymore. Straight. There's so many rings on it. <laughs> Um, I will say that there is a great villain in every one of these movies, and it is the editor. Uh, because these movies are too long. They're all too long. There's like two beats too long where you were like, we heard, man. Thank you. We yes. heard what the plan was about to be. However, the visuals of it make me say, it's long. Take a snack, but screen that. Yeah. That's you what's know? up. Boy. And I'm in the bootleg industry, so you know that's two thumbs up. <laughs> Mission Improbables and now we're 10 minutes long. That's all you need. Even without a movie pass. <laughs> uh, well, that's not all the Tom Cruise we're going to be talking about, y'all. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we are going to be talking about our favorite Tom Cruise movies, Tom Cruise's career in general. You are listening to Who Shot Ya? And that's what's up. You probably know that Max Fun podcasters are funny in the talking way, but did you know they also are funny in the writing way? We are very excited to announce that John Hodgman and Paula Poundstone wrote books that have been named as semifinalists for the 2018 Thurber Prize for American Humor. John Hodgman, celebrated fake internet court presider, is the host of Judge John Hodgman and was recognized for his book Vacation Land. Paula Poundstone's book is called The Totally Unscientific Study of the Search for Human Happiness, and you can hear her expound on happiness and many other topics on her new podcast, Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. The Thurber Prize is one of the highest awards for humor writing in the United States, and we are proud to have both these authors on Maximum Fun every week. 
Paula Poundstone and John Hodgman, congratulations. Welcome back to Who Shot Ya? I'm your host, Ricky Carmona. Joining me in the studio today are... Alonzo Duralde. Brandon Johnson. April Wolf. Now, as we all know, Mission Impossible Fallout isn't Tom Cruise's first role. My man Tom Cruise has been around for a minute. He's got 46 actor credits. His first role came in 1981. He played Billy in Endless Love. Hmm. Is anybody familiar with Billy? Yes, in- the arsonist. Are you really? Yes. <laughs> I've never heard of that movie. Oh, come- what? You know the song. Endless Love. Diana yeah. Ross and yeah, Lionel yeah, yeah. Richie. Oh, yeah. that was, was that Endless Love like a really yeah. big movie? I'm not, huge. I'm not really. Brooke Shields. Pre- yeah. Pre-teen porn. Yeah, like Ooh. when Brooke Shields was still like the controversial teenager making sexy Like movies. Blue Lagoon, Brooke Shields? Yeah. That's, yeah. The, yeah. that's the rip-off, Blue Lagoon. Really? Yeah. Man. I think, wait. <laughs> did Blue Lagoon come <laughs> oh, first? I'm right. getting confused you now. No, you're right. Yeah. Blue Lagoon cause, was cause, first. Because Endless Love's like 81. Yes. Oh, wait, so Endless Love is like in your trunk, ready to be sold. Like it's your, it's your bootleg <laughs> Endless version. Endless Lagoon is in the trunk. Endless Lagoon. <laughs> uh, actually, James Spader is in, in the, the first Endless Love show. Isn't that yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's... It's not very good. Okay. Uh, but yeah, yeah, but Tom Cruise is in that, and he's like, you want to pinch his cheek. He's such a baby in that. Uh, do you all remember like what the first? I mean, was was Endless Love the first thing you remember? Of Tom uh, Cruise? No, Taps. Taps is okay. I remember Taps, Taps. where he was like the the, the psycho uh, cadet. Yes. Cadet David Sean, as a matter of Ooh. fact. Is that right? uh, cadet okay. Captain. He was the captain of the cadets. Right. Oh. <laughs> uh, but I have to say, the moment that he rocked my world was when he played Joel Goodson in Risky Business. Yes, a movie that I was obsessed with my yes. senior year in high school. Yeah, I was. I was. I, I, I liked Risky Business for all the reasons that a little boy would like Risky Business. That dude is having sex with that woman, yep. and I shouldn't be watching this. I like this movie a lot. Yeah. Like, And it was in Chicago. It was like a suburb of Chicago. But there's they're a lot the of they go into the city. Yeah, they have sex in the subway. Yo, but that's a movie that was it was so tapping into like my neuroses at the time because it's so much about this high school senior and the pressure of getting into college and what his parents expect of him and trying to figure out what his life's going to be and you know can he qualify blah 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 and I was going through all that exact stuff even to the point where there's a joke where when he takes the Porsche out and he's not supposed to and he's backing out of the driveway and he stalls because he's not used to driving stick. <laughs> I remember. I remember howling with laughter because I did the exact same thing constantly. Yes. I was learning to drive stick. So that movie just like super imprinted itself. And then, of course, I was not so much about him having sex with Rebecca Mornay as like, he's getting naked. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, ah, yeah. I know. And, I know now. And then, and then a few months later, All the Right Moves came out. Yes. And that's the movie with the flash of yes. dong from Tom Cruise. Yes. Thank you very much. Never, and never done again. Never and again. super overlooked. So when people were like, there's no male nudity male, that's exactly where I went to. I was like... And he does it very quickly, jumping into bed. Yeah. yeah. And thank you, laser discs. <laughs> <laughs> you can Google it now, and there it is on the internet. Yeah. Wow. I'm surprised of all the things that we talk about in Tom Cruise's career. The fact that he shows his dong in that movie is not some, is not something that is talked about very much. I, I had no idea that he shows his junk in that movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I was he 17, so I was super aware. <laughs> He doesn't show his junk in Eyes Wide Shut, no, right? No, you'd yeah. think, right? And, and, if any and other movie, any that'd movie, be the one. Th- exactly. Mm-mm. Yeah, totally. Oh. Uh, do we have, you know, let me, let me I'm sorry. I, I got a second that to say that Taps and Risky Business, my my first uh, Tom Cruise, and 
each one of them inspirational. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's two of the same things because it is a kid. It's if you're a child when you see taps, you're like, damn it, we should take back things that belong to us, and institutions are important to us, and we are a voting block, and we do we are smart enough to have a say in society. So as a rebellious kid, I was like, taps, hmm. you know. Um, and then Risky Business was like, if you thought that Ferris Bueller was soft, hmm. if you felt like Alex P. Keaton was a jerk, you mix the two and you get Risky Business. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. There and, you go. And it's funny because like of the actors of his generation, like Johnny Depp, even like Tim Robbins, a lot of them have the, they all have the sort of embarrassing early TNA comedy, mm-hmm. which is usually just junk. Like you know, Tim Robbins was in Fraternity Vacation, you know. But even Tom Cruise's early junky TNA comedy was directed by Curtis Hansen. Yeah, losing it's, it. It's with, where right. he, has, he has, right. actually has a lovely kind of love story with Shelley Long in that movie. Uh, do we, let, let, I think? Let, how about we go through and pick our two favorite. Uh, Tom Cruise performances and it doesn't have to be like the best Tom Cruise it can be like your worst Tom Cruise performance anybody you know my Lions for Lambs lovers out there (laughs) I dare you to be a Lions for Lambs lover I've got mine because I think Magnolia Tom Cruise is my number one and then like my favorite one just because it's like imprinted on me like because I had a Girl Scout troop leader who took all of us to the theater for some fucking reason to see Far and Away. <laughs> and I was like, why are you taking a bunch of children <laughs> to see Far and Away? And I just loved it. What an epic <laughs> romance. <laughs> uh, so there you go. And I didn't really see that many Tom Cruise movies when I was a kid. For some reason, we like skipped over most of them. So mm-hmm. I've only really seen anything in my adult for, you know, I don't know, for it's, whatever reason. It's weird. You're talking about the, the Mission Impossible said like how he's making us love him by the, his physical exertions. I kind of miss like the Tom Cruise who was bound and determined to work with every major filmmaker he could. You know, and I don't know if that's just Oscar chasing Tom Cruise mm. or legacy minded Tom Cruise, but there was that period there where it was like Oliver Stone, Martin Scorsese, Stanley Kubrick, Paul Thomas Anderson, like all these really cool filmmakers. And, you know, I, I kind of wish he was still in that mindset, but like the way that Catherine Deneuve goes out of her way to work with like whoever the hot, young, like bad boy French director is, you Mm. know, like I wish Tom Cruise was finding like, you know, Alex Ross Perry or, or like, you know, some, you know, or a woman or a woman. I was, I was, I was trying to think of a woman. Give him him Ava or give him Deborah Granick or like, you know, let him do like naturalism or something. Exactly. Like Like, I wish he was still chasing that stuff. Cause yeah, that period, I think you get the best stuff from him. Eyes wide shut, color of money, Magnolia. Uh, I, you know, it's, it's a problematic fave for various reasons, but I think he's really funny in um, Tropic Thunder. Yeah. Well, I was, was going to say, I was yeah. gonna say why that's... That, why, why do you consider that problematic? Because it's considered to be kind of a Jewy stereotype that he's doing. Yeah. And you what's know? wrong with that? No. <laughs> <laughs> he's a Scientologist. <laughs> I don't know if you heard. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, so I, I get why people might object to that one. But as a comic performance, it's pretty inspired. What, did you say what your, fa- what your favorites I'm, were, Brendan? I, uh, I know this is going to sound crazy, no. but I was an All the Right Moves fan because mm. I did love mm. the Tom Cruise. You complete me, Tom Cruise. Oh, Jeremy mm-hmm. McGuire. When he plays, when he plays uh, and it's gotten typical and it's it's been done, but he's the first. He's the first to do a lot of things, I think, that we all were like, somebody, somebody better get another Tom Cruise because these movies are great. 
But in in um, what was the Show Me the Money one? Jerry, Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire. And Jerry yeah. Maguire the show a, me the money one. <laughs> there's that. Uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. stole that shit. Um, I believe you mean the never stop fucking me one. <laughs> I'm pretty sure black people call that the Cuba Gooding Jr. movie, and white people call it the Tom Cruise movie. Yeah, like their Netflix coverage yeah. really is just like <laughs> Cuba Gooding Jr. Cuba Gooding Jr. and Regina but, King. Exactly. <laughs> it's where we get to see baby Renee Zellweger yep. for the first time, mm-hmm. really, and she is just awesome in that movie and the two of them going back and forth is a great great thing it felt like it does feel like the charlie sheen wall street moment but for tom cruise Mm -hmm. in a different way where we get to see him play a jerk but he's a jerk that we can sort of wrap our minds around that's one of my favorite performances of him when he comes into a room full of women and still says damn it i normally you know now you have bros who are like i walk into a room full of women and i love you and i'll tell you i love you in front of a bunch of women but it'll be so fucking aggressive (laughs) that dude was broken when he walks into that room and is like i will sing to you in front of a bunch of people who don't like me and i'm still gonna try to win you and i love that i was like come on y'all come on (laughs) This dude looked good. He could have walked in that room and been like, gay. <laughs> Andrew Dice Clay, like, hey, hey. Right, right. Who of us haven't done that before and watched our, watched our lives fall apart? <laughs> he, could, he could have been all Top Gun and launched right. into You Lost That Love and Feeling. Right. Yeah. right. He could have slid across the living room in his underwear. Them girls would have liked that. But he said, I'm broken without you, yeah. which was beautiful. Yeah, man. He was on his Millie Vanilli, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, man. that movie is Cameron Crowe like channeling Billy Wilder as hard as he can. Yeah. It might be the only one that I actually enjoyed of Cameron Crowe's movies. So, oh, not really? almost famous? No, 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 no. Say anything? No. Wow. Okay. I like that. I love that. I like that. I love it, yo. I like that. <laughs> what, are, what are your fave cruises? Uh, I would go with Magnolia, mm. uh, and I would go with. Uh, I really love him in Interview with the Vampire. Oh, shit. Whoa. I forgot about that. I'm changing. I'm changing. It's so good. It's so good. And I, I remember specifically Anne Rice being upset that they cast Tom Cruise yes. in this role. Yes. Because of, like, the vision that she had. Yep. And Tom Cruise up to that point was, I mean, he was Tom Cruise. He was not a villain. Uh, he he wasn't doing horror movies not, or, or, or like playing a vampire or anything like supernatural up until that point. Maybe just legend. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which that's the only time we will talk about that movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then he comes through and like kills it. Like kills it, dude. It's him. In that movie, it's him and Kirsten Dunst and everybody else is like, you know, a shout out to you guys showing up on set today. Yeah. But they are working at another level uh, in that movie. I don't love that movie, and I don't love him in it, but I do love how bitchy he is. Yes, oh, yes. That was a side we'd never seen before. I'm like, girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just like, oh, great. Like, just like, whoa. It's, and I don't, I, I think, I don't think people were expecting that, yes, right? No, I no, think, no. I certainly was not. Yeah, I, I, I felt like people thought he was going to be Tom Cruise playing a vampire, yeah. and he kind of like really takes on yeah. uh, this character of Lestat and just 
but, like fucking double triples down he, on it. He, bl- I, there's, I mean, there's a question on this thing. It's just like, can he ever blend into a role where, where you forget that he's Tom Cruise? And to me, that's Interview with a Vampire, where I'm just yeah. like, I forget that he's in that movie sometimes because I just enjoy. I love watching it on planes. As some of our listeners know, because <laughs> it makes people really uncomfortable because it's like a really weird movie to watch. Um, you watch Interview with a Vampire in a plane? Yeah, whenever Damn. it's on, I'm like, yeah, I put it on. And like people next to me who can. See my screen are just like, what is up with this orgy? This <laughs> I love that that's your princess bride. <laughs> but I would also put that in the category of Tom Cruise going out of his way to work with really cool directors. Yes. That was Neil Jordan. Yeah. You know? yeah. And so it's like, uh, yeah, again, I, I, I wonder if at some point he was like, all right, uh, the Academy is not going to pay attention to me until I'm 80 or something, you know, and so now he's just, now I'm just going to jump on things, you yeah. know. But it's interesting because when he did Color of Money, Paul Newman was in that same position of like, having never gotten an Oscar and then nabbed one, you know, late in life for that role. So I'm predicting now that old Tom Cruise and old Martin Scorsese are going to make another one of those movies where, like, whatever young hotshot, like Brooklyn Beckham or somebody, is going to play the up-and-coming pool player. Tom Cruise is going to be the Eminence Grease, and that's going to be his Oscar. That would be amazing. Because didn't they take a long time to give one to Redford as well? Like I think they've, uh, given, they've still never given him one for acting. I thought he got no. one for directing. lifetime. Oh, directing. Yeah. He went for ordinary people. He didn't even get nominated for all for the all is lost, and he was so great in that. The one where he's on the boat. By on himself. The boat. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, he's, he's, so yeah, good he's in really movie. great in that. They screwed him over. Yeah, but, Don't you, get me started. but you're you're right, Alonzo. Like I'm I'm. I, the one downside of the Mission Impossible movies is that they're so so successful, and like it just seems like. That's kind of all he's got on the brain right now. Like, mm. I'm going to do a Mission Impossible movie, or I'm going to do a movie with Doug Lyman, or you're not going to see me for a long time. Right. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to, like, what this, when he can no longer physically do these Mission Impossible movies, what Tom Cruise is going to do next. Yeah. Make what, a Sidney Freeland movie. Yeah. Do that, Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah. Make another movie with Paul Thomas Anderson. Sure. Like, again, like, like find, find these directors. Be- become that Tom Cruise again, where you find these directors. I will... Fucking here's all uh, Tom Cruise and David Fincher. Here's all my money. Put him Tom in a movie Cruise with, and Spike Lee. Here's all my money. Put him in a movie with Leslie Manville. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we really fucking got in on that Tom Cruise stuff. That's what's up. That's what's up. <laughs> Y'all didn't know I was a huge Tom Cruise fan. I do this all day. <laughs> I like that you stayed in the era of all the right moves and risky business. That's why I was kind of like asking you again, like, oh, maybe you got like a later one, and you were like, nah, nope. dude, right here, dude, right no. here. Uh, when I saw Taps, that Taps is like the tree. It's what like the outsiders when people talk about uh, mm. Rumble Fish and all those mm-hmm. all those movies are like this was the 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 start of the Rat Pack. I'm like right before the start of the Brat Pack was Taps, mm. and that's Timothy Hutton, all yeah. these young actors that Sean are just like Penn. Sean Penn that were devastating in that movie, and then grew up to be who they are. Yeah. And Tom Cruise is in the Outsiders. I always forget yeah. that. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah. Isn't he pony? Is he pony? Boy? He's not pony boy. No, no. that's that, like Ralph. Macho. I think Ralph Macho is okay. pony boy. He's one of the older ones, yeah. but okay. it's like him and he and Patrick Swayze are like the older brothers. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's almost time for us to go, but before we leave, it is time for our staff picks. Every week, we ask the panel to tell us about a movie we think folks should check out any movie at all. Alonzo, can I start with you? Sure, why not? Uh, so this one, uh, it's not, there's nothing new about it, 
but it randomly came up in like three different conversations for various different reasons. And I was just reminded how much I love this movie, and not a lot of people saw it, so I'm going to just kind of put it out there again. It's a film called Space Station 76, and it is uh, directed by Jack Plotnick, and the, the premise of the film basically is that it looks like a 70s sci-fi movie. It looks like Space 1999. It looks like Battlestar Galactica, that very specific beige kind of 70s science fiction. But it's about, like, suburban anomie and unhappy people and bad relationships and unhappy children. So it's like if you took, like ordinary people or something, but you filtered it through Space 1999. It's very hard to describe. It's like watching the ice storm as you know, if they did it on Star Trek. It's a it's a very weird hybrid, but it totally works. It figures out what its tone is, nails it. It's got a wonderful cast that includes uh, Patrick, Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson. Yeah. I know what movie you're talking about. Dude, I've been waiting for this movie to come out for years. It and came it's out-, out like two years ago. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I've heard but about it's, this. It's streaming, yeah. Patrick Wilson, uh, 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 Liv Tyler, Matt Bomer, um, just a lot of really sharp people in it, Jerry O'Connell, uh, and it and, and it really kind of covers the gamut of like dramatic and funny and and this weird visual sense that you wouldn't think would fit with the story, but it does. There's a scene where like a little girl gets to enjoy zero gravity while they play like one of my favorite '70s cheesy pop songs, and it's just one of my favorite moments in a movie ever. Oh, word! And so yes. yeah, people people don't know this movie came out obviously, <laughs> so go find Space Station '76. I think you'll dig it. Yeah, oh, my Lord. friend, uh, my friend Rachel Ward produced that movie. Oh, nice! I got to see a very early test screening when they were still in the early cuts. I was sitting next to Michael Rappaport for it. <laughs> <laughs> my, my friend Billy Brooks did a lot of the visual uh, effects. Work. It was before those were in. Oh, so, wow. yeah, okay. So it was a... And he actually has like a room in his apartment where they, he kept some of the set, and like so he has this room in his apartment that's all done. Oh, Space Station seventy six. That's, that's cool. what's up. That's what's up. <laughs> April, what do you got for us? Um, I have a movie that I'm sure people will see the trailer and be like, "Oh, this looks." fucking dumb like maybe i'll just watch it um because i i also saw the trailer and i I didn't know who made it and i was just like it's a netflix movie and it's called like father and it stars um uh (laughs) sorry kelsey Grammer and kristen bell but i was just thinking about how my friend was uh, said that all fans of uh uh, kelsey Grammer are called grammarians and i just started (laughs) i was giggling in my head for a second so i apologize i lost track called scrambled eggs (laughs) and then there's like a separate sect of them (laughs) they're like fighting all the time um yeah so it stars uh kristen bell and um fraser crane essentially no no uh, kelsey Grammer, and it is such a well-written well-acted well-directed and real well-shot film it is supposed to be it looks like a comedy you know because you've got Kristen Bell and um, Lauren Miller Rogan it's her debut as a feature director Um, she wrote a movie called For a Good Time Call loved it and it flew under the radar though it was Mm -hmm. on Netflix and and like uh, it's one of those things I think her specialty is taking an absurd comedic uh, premise and then imbuing it with just uh, a gravity and a thoughtfulness and and just good writing and good characters and so this one um Hit me really hard. I write all the time about how um, uh, most movies where there's like an estranged father who comes back into like the daughter's life, um, it's too happy all the time. You're just like, oh, we love each other now because we're family. And like being a woman who had an estranged father who met 
them when they were I was in, in my twenties. It's not like that. It is. <laughs> it is fucking weird. And like I may I will never say I love you because I don't know who this person is. And it's just it's a weird thing. At the same time, you share traits with them, and so it's it's just odd. And so uh, Kristen Bell plays this daughter who was left when she was five, and Kelsey Graham was her father. And the the dumb premise is that like you know Kristen Bell's character gets lo- left at the altar, and then um, immediately reconnects with her father, gets drunk, and then they go on her honeymoon cruise together. And it's, right? It's so fucking dumb. And then you actually, like, watch this movie, and it's just so full of heart, and just so, like, it's not, like, laugh out loud, funny, haha, but I just, I felt myself very connected to everything that was happening, and it felt very real, and the performances were amazing! You could see Kristen Bell act. She doesn't get to act. She's always doing, like, comic performance, which she's great. She's totally good, but this is, it's such a good movie. And, yeah, like Father. I know, it's so weird. I'm like, yes, this movie! If you're listening, Dad! (laughs) Oh my god, I wonder if he does. I wonder if he does. He, like, found my blog one year, and I was just like, what? Oh, I'm gonna, maybe, (laughs) maybe, like, shut down the blog. (laughs) Hi, hi, Wade, if you're out there. Has he friended you on Facebook? Yeah, yeah, Um, like a few times, and I, you know, well, you know, he's a good guy. <laughs> we'll see. Back to movies. Uh, hilarious. Brandon, what do you got for us? Fresh. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have seen this movie. The movie Fresh? fresh? The movie Fresh. Bruh. People, I'm going to say, people, on, have seen, people have seen this movie, but watch it as many times as I have. It always is amazing. You get uh, Giancarlo Esposito for that money. Evil. You get that evil. Evil in that movie. Evil. He is, dude. Like... My Madonna. <laughs> um, so excellent in that movie. Yep. You get you get a great, great deal of storytelling. Um, there's a little Samuel L. in there for you that is brilliant. The The whole thing is just well, well, well done. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, always, always inspired by that movie. It's amazing. It's amazing. I'm, that, that dude, I, I, I only remember his name because he has a great name. Boaz Yakin. Boaz Yakin. Yeah. Like after Fresh, I was like, this dude, gone. He, he's it, gonna be around forever. I know. If, keep making him like this, uh, and then ABC uh, special. He was on ABC for a little bit. I think he played a cop, or he was in sort of some sort of like uh, CIA TV show. But no, after that, Boaz Akin is the director, the director, the, the director of, uh, oh, of so Fresh. Oh, no, no. He pops up every so often. Like, he co-wrote something like Remember the Titans or something like that. Oh, oh like, Yeah, like movies Jeez. you wouldn't expect. Like, oh, okay, it's you. you okay. Know? And he did a I think, did he do like A Price Above Rubies? Hmm. This movie with Renee Zellweger is like a Hasidic Oh, Jew. yes. Yes, he did do that. Yeah. yeah, he did. What? And then the the kid who was the lead in that. That's who I thought That's you were talking, talking about. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I put it together. I'm also His name say, is like Sean something. Stuart Copeland did the... Uh... To the soundtrack. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Really? Oh, wow. At the time when he was doing soundtracks. Like Rumblefish. Yes. <laughs> um, so you get that uh, that oh, over... Oh. Yeah. That full, you get that uh, you get that over, over use of octobons. <laughs> <laughs> More octobons, please. Oh, my God. Too much, too much harmonica. Too much pensive harmonica in this. Oh, my God. She's <laughs> <is> like... <laughs> Uh, well, I want to. The movie I want to recommend uh, this weekend is is keeping in in with the actors over fifty who are whooping ass in movies right now. I went and saw the Equalizer two, yes! yo, um... and the Equalizer two is a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> I like watching Denzel whoop ass. Yes. yes, you know, 
it, like it's, he's these, a movie star, like Tom Cruise is a movie star. Right. Yes, yeah, yeah. We, we we didn't really like talk about it too much, but uh, uh, earlier in the discussion, uh, or like in one of our questions, was like, can somebody Jeremy Renner couldn't take over the Mission Impossible franchise? Who can take over the Mission Impossible franchise? I think it needs to be an actor. It would need to be an actor who is like a movie star, <laughs> and not a movie star like The Rock. Like I just there's certain movies with The Rock. I action movies. I. I need to feel like that motherfucker's in trouble. Right. And if it doesn't feel like he's in trouble, I'm out. You right. have to and act. And like, you have to act. Act, act. Yes. Not just, like, get through it, but, like, yeah. act, act. Yeah. Yep. And, Mich- and Tom Cruise, like, I wonder how this motherfucker's going to get out of this situation. Denzel and the Equalizer, Denzel's an older guy now. So it's like, Denzel, how are you going to get out of this, bro? <laughs> you know? Yeah. You're, yeah. You're, you're fighting younger dudes. Yeah. You're fighting five, five younger dudes in one room. But he sell like he's a yeah, movie but I'm star. Using a toaster. See what's I'm happening. Use a toaster, and they're not going to use a toaster. My stopwatch, real quick. Right. <laughs> right. So I got his. Oh, I got his five minutes. Oh, I got his five minutes. Well, the, you uh, know, it, but the thing about movie stars like that is that I wish that they had a system the way the old movie stars had where they would get to do a variety of things. Yes. Because both Tom Cruise and Denzel Washington are great romantic leads and they're great comic leads and they almost never do that because yeah. the movies they get paid to make are the ones where they jump on things. Yeah. You know, but like when you like go back to Mississippi Masala. I remember seeing that movie and thinking this guy could be Cary Grant yeah. and then he actually played the Cary Grant role <laughs> in The Preacher's Wife. But beyond that, like he doesn't get to be like charming and funny and right. r- Romantic and sexy, that the way as often he does. Yep. Jerry Maguire, you would think, oh well, great, this is a whole new chapter of Tom Cruise. More yep. movies like this. Nope. Yeah. Yep. You know, so I want. I, I wish that that we that. And I guess it's the kind of things that the, the old guys made three movies a year, and that's how they could mix it up. But these guys make one every other year, and they're going to make a movie that's going to play well in Malaysia, so they jump on things. Yep. yep. Totally. Eddie Murphy and Boomerang. My yeah. man got charisma oh, in that goddamn yeah. movie. Charisma. Yeah. All right, next week we are going to be talking about The Spy Who Dumped Me, and we will be joined by our ray of sunshine. Ingu Kang will be in the building. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you like what you're hearing, leave us that good review on Apple Podcasts, y'all. Five-star reviews. Get a shout-out on the show. Let's go. Oh, Mom Loves Film says, My favorite part of the reviews and comments on Who Shot Ya is respect for a difference of opinion. The conversation is mature, funny, and informative. Ricky, April, and Alonzo have great chemistry, and every special guest is welcome and respected. I see you, Brandon. I especially like, yeah. the, st- <laughs> I especially like the staff picks. I've seen a lot of films I would have never known about since I started listening to this podcast. If I ever lived closer, I would bring you guys cookies. Cook- oh, keep up the oh, good work. Oh, oh damn. That is really Thank sweet. I love Mom Loves Film. I love, Mm. Yes. And I love cooking. <laughs> uh, does anybody want to read this next one? JFen3 says, I've had so much fun listening to this group discuss movies. Beyond their movie knowledge, though, their discussions are filled with so much laughter, banter, and camaraderie. I would still listen even if the show were about breakfast cereal. I would do a show about I breakfast love cereal. cereal. I love cereal. No parental supervision, so I ate a lot of cereal as a kid. <laughs> Throw it out there, like, for every meal sometimes. <laughs> I, I think the, maybe the next Max Fun Drive episode next year, I think we're talking we, about we, cereal. We got some cereal on it? I, I, I like I'm, that. Uh, yeah. I like that. This is for kids. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I drink my Café Bustelo while I'm eating cereal. See? See? Sometimes I, instead of milk, I use Café Bustelo for my cereal. That's disgusting. That sounds awful. Somebody told me that if you take hot 
coffee with like very sweet and with cream, and you pour it on plain shredded wheat. It's the bomb. Oh right? yeah, I haven't tried that yet. Yeah. Okay. Yes. It's, it's the bomb because that's two things that are going to have you <laughs> <laughs> exploding on a toilet. <laughs> yeah. Bomb Eat in your GI tract. <laughs> right. I'm like, why are you in such a hurry? <laughs> Brandon, thank you so much for doing the show, bro. Thank oh, you so much for having dude. me. Thank you. Uh, shout out to all you fans. Thank you so much for having me. Where, where, where can people, besides Rick and Morty, where else can people... Uh... I'm going to be at the L.A. Bootleg Fair. Oh. Come down. The street is Main and Sixth Streets. I got those movies. What times are you there? What times are you there? Hey, look here. I'm pretty much moving around. So you want to... If you come at 1 o'clock, I'm going to be on the east side of the street. But by 4 o'clock, I probably work my way two streets over. So wherever you see a bunch of people waiting, that's where I'm going to be. That's what's up, yo. That's what's up. Hey, y'all. Since it is August, people are going back to school we will be tweeting out the back to school classics check out our twitter and we'll be giving those classic school movie recommendations i already got two in my head uh if you have a comment or suggestion about this week's show tweet us at who shot your pod send us an email at who shot you at maximumfun.org our producer is casey o'brien yeah our, our senior producer is laura swisher come on <laughs> this is a production of maximumfun.org and that's what's up MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.